0: I spent a lot of years in the ministry. I don't know what year this is for me, 20-something. And I will tell you this, that uh, when, I, when I finish out that song and it says, we'll be forever mine, that becomes personal. I don't come to church because it's my religious duty. I don't come to church because this is my, my job position. This is what the job description entails. I come to church because it's my passion. And that's why I love the Lord. And so, rather, if I, if I was the pastor here, I would go somewhere. And I would still make sure that my life is about his worship and about his glory. And, and, and that's what makes it so special about serving the Lord and, and just being a part of his life. It's because of his amazing grace. You saw that scripture verse that says, For by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourself. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. It's the grace of God. It's not works-based. It's because we do what we do because we love Him. Period. That's it. And when you start doing that and you have a relationship with Him, your life starts to change. If you have your Bible, and children, you are dismissed to head down the hall to Children's Chapel. Enjoy class today. We have a Bible decree and Bible covenant that we say every week here at our church because here at New Hope, we are a biblical community that stands on the Word of God. And so with that being said, if you have your Bible, if you have your iPhone, your iPad, your Samsung, your LG, your IQ, your whatever else you might have, I don't know. Take your Bible, hold it nice and high. let's say this together. This is my Bible, God's holy word. I will make it a lamp into my feet and a light into my path. I will hide its words in my heart that I might not sin against God. Hallelujah. Today we've come to this place and it's a special day it's this, a special day of dedication where we have this responsibility and this great privilege to raise children and I won't I won't draw the message out today and uh and I won't become an old evangelistic revival type preacher because we already wore Harper out and she's sleeping and uh you know so I just, I know that um, at least if she started falling asleep when I was preaching, then that would tell me a lot. And, uh, but thank God she didn't. But, but with that saying, in this, in this life, I am certain that many of us have experienced rites of passage. Some are connected to the passages of years, and many people could say, well, what is rites of passage? It's certain events that take place in your life. Or something that was an important stage in your life. Then, you know, as you're raising children, for example, when, when they reach that age of five and they get to enjoy going to school. What a great privilege that was for us as parents. What an honor that was for them as they were kicking and screaming as you were pushing them on that bus or into that school. Now, those are big days for kids. They all anticipate going to school. I know, you know, with, with our kids, because, um, we loved having children. We had them so quickly back to back. And, uh, with that being said, Victoria missed that, that just that little window of opportunity. They're 11 months apart, uh, Victoria and Megan. And, uh, So we were hoping that one would be able to get in one. We had to wait and all that kind of stuff. And it was kind of a sad day for me because I was ready to just push them right into school. Hey, when you have little people that are running around and that's all you do, we had toddlers. that were just crawling and running and there was so much activity in our house. I mean, my goodness. We had every stage of formula from, you know, first step to the second step. Then they graduate to milk and. And then you have the diaper stages where you've got this baby in this stage of diapers, that baby in that stage of diapers. And I'm just thankful to the Lord that diapers are no longer in our house until I have to start wearing them. Anyhow, we'll keep going. And that will be a rite of passage, right? Oh, brother. Anyhow, so we get excited when they go to school. And then all of a sudden they reach that bright age of 18 years of age and they get to graduate from school. So we anticipate that day. We anticipate the events that took place. And that's the great privilege that we have as parents to be able to put on a party that reflects all the years of that child's life. So you go back and you bring out all the pictures and all the the little things that they colored and you put in a museum for them and it's their big day, number 18. And they have that, that just special moment where they get to say, I finally am an adult. But see... Even though I bring up the age of 18, one of the things that was so cool for me was turning 16. I loved being 16 years of age. I mean, that was a rite of passage. Many people could say, I loved when I was 13. And no, for me, 16 was great. Because at 15, my dad and my stepmom, and she's sitting right over here, they had bought me this beautiful, I mean, you guys, seriously. Beautiful black 1967 Dodge Polara. Now, hold on. It was a two-door. Very rare. Now, I know you guys can just see me just enjoying my ride. 383 engine, turquoise interior. Man, it was nice with that big steering wheel. I remember 15 years of age going out there, and Dad had a tarp on it. I'd pull the tarp back and look at it, and you'd sit in it. You guys remember the smell of those old cars? What has happened? I don't know what it is. I think they've recycled cars. I think it's recycled material, recycled steering wheels, whatever. Now you have to go buy spray just to spray it in the car so we have the new Carmel. But I remembered as, you know, that 16-year-old, I couldn't wait to get in my 1967 Dodge Polara, And it was just a highlight of my life. But then we realized that comes with responsibility you love freedom until all of a sudden, when you're driving that 383, 1967 Dodge Polera and all of a sudden you see all these colors flashing behind you. You realize the price of freedom, don't you, at 16? And you're like, what's going on here now, right? Or the time when your sister decides to borrow the car and wrap it the tail back end of it around a telephone pole. Now, many of you don't realize this, but those are rites of passages that you just don't forget because, see, she had a lead foot and still does to this day. Be very careful. And uh, so we realize we, we, we all those experiences in life that you get to have and their memories that you get to experience. Then there was the age of 21 when you got to vote and drink and, and your realization that both can cause a lot of problems. If you know what I'm talking about, there are other rites of passages connected to the passage of events like your first job and your first car. And uh, then there was that first kiss. (sighs) I was kissing my wife this today. I just want you guys to know I was she was in the office and I couldn't help myself. So I was kissing her, came in here in front of the guys in small group and they're like, Pastor. You have lipstick all over your mouth. I said, I know, and I'm going to keep it there. I'm going to be a distraction today. And, uh, but, you yeah, I couldn't help myself. So, you know, those are the memories that we realize, your wedding day and finally the birth of your child. And then you get to see it all again through their eyes. You get to experience all those moments through the eyes of your children and your grandchildren. And there are other rites of passage connected to time. The aches and pains, spare tires and bulging spares that come with the years. Then my kids always walk up and my niece Tiffany pokes me in the belly. I remember being 35 and I don't feel 35. And uh, that year someone turned off my metabolism and I started to gain a belly. Yeah, I know you guys are shocked. But I did Sometimes when I wear jackets like this, matter of fact, I'll tell you just how real, it, real it is. We got home a couple weeks ago, and my wife says to me, Honey, I just want you to know that your button was pulling on your dress shirt, and you could see your belly during your whole message. I said, Thank God for this big, huge pulpit that was hiding it, right? And uh, so we realized that, and then there was that dreaded black 40th birthday party, and uh, you realize that all of a sudden you leave those 30 years, you go into 40s, and now I'm getting ready to embark upon those golden years of 50s. And... uh, how awesome that will be, right? And you know what? I always said to the Lord, Lord, let me live just so I can experience life. And and those are rites of passage. Those are things that you as, you, as I'm sitting here sharing some of my stories, you all have stories. And those stories you get to live and live out with your kids. Even so, the best, most wonderful rite of passage is the children that God gives us. as his gift to us. And today... We had the great privilege of this rite of passage to dedicate these children to the Lord. When my girls were little, and I know the responsibility that it takes and the commitment and dedication. And I know you want to come to a church where, yes, it's a carnival experience and there's all these wants and needs that all of us have. And You want to have slides that will just bring your children right down into an ocean full of bubbles into bouncing balls and clowns will run around and they'll run out of the room screaming. Anyhow, just kidding. But our responsibility putting all that aside is not with the church. And even though we set it as a community, it's with us as parents and grandparents. It's our involvement to show them love and to care for them and to to see them, you know, graduate into these years where their boyfriends get to sit with them in church. And, you know, you get to see. The maturity and just the growth in your kids that's what it's about i didn't hold this church responsible for my daughter's spiritual growth i hold myself responsible to my wife that's our responsibility so i'm going to read with you can read with me out of psalms 127 verses 3 through 5 you see god has a high regard for kids And here David writes in Psalms 127, 3 through 5, he says, Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. Happy is the man who has his quiver full of them. Then if you'll turn over to Matthew chapter 18, we'll be reading in verses 1 through 6 out of the New Living. Jesus has a high regard for children as well. About that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, which of us is greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Jesus called a small child over to him and put the child among them. Then he said, I assure you, unless you turn from your sins and become as little children, you will never get into the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, anyone who becomes as humble as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And anyone who welcomes a little child like this on my behalf is welcoming me. But if anyone causes one of these little ones who trusts in me to lose faith, it would be better for that person to be thrown into the sea with a large millstone tied around the neck. We are commanded to teach our children about what? The love of God. And look at the instructions Moses delivered to Israel concerning the raising of children in Deuteronomy chapter 6. I love what he says here in Deuteronomy 6. He says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Then you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. And these words which I command you this day shall be upon your heart. And you shall teach them diligently to your children. They shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign upon your hand. And they shall be as frontlets. Between your eyes. And you shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Teach them diligently. And these words which I command you this day shall be upon your heart. And you shall teach them diligently to your children. And shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way, when you lie down and when you rise. The critical lesson I'd like to share with you today is the importance of being there to teach. Your children. Where in your home? And it says here, when you walk on the way, when you go to bed, when you get up, the important thing is to do what? To be present. To be there. And in this room, some of you are single moms, maybe even single dads. Some of you are parents in homes where both had to hold down jobs and and so you couldn't be as present during the day. Some of you are in homes where one gets to stay home. I have just a word for all of you this morning. It is important for you to to be there. When you are there for the kids, the absent father and mother results all too often in angry, violent boys and promiscuous girls, both of which are hungering for love and acceptance. So it's important. So the first thing is to be there, to be present. We have a janitorial custodial company that we've had for 25 years, and there were many times that so I could be at home and to help my wife, I would wait. I'd put the girls to bed when they were little. They never even knew, and Lindsay freaked out every time she thought I was leaving anyhow. So we decided that I would wait till about 9 o'clock at night. You know, they would go to bed at 7.30, and, you know, if we were out and about doing what we do, then I would go ahead, put them to bed, and then we would leave. Being in the ministry The ministry can be very encompassing And and, and has demands And yet you have to balance that out And you have to let your kids see your passion For them But I want my daughters to know That it was important for me to be there And I want you to know that it's important for you to be there And it doesn't matter at what age or at what time I live a busy life And in this life If you're intentional about being there It's so important Number two, quality time Is important but quality time cannot be scheduled quality time happens when you are there and available Don't be there, but not there lost in the computer lost in the iphone Buried in paperwork or observed by a mindless tv show Be there for them be available and look for the teachable moments Watch for them because they will come at the oddest and most special moments. Even when they are teens. They will come and to teach a child, you have to be there in the home by the wayside in the morning and at night. You have to be there for them. It is a part of who you are, and it's a part of your life. You need to teach them with your actions and then also teach them with your thoughts. Teachers of Israel used to take the scriptures about God in De- Deuteronomy 6-4 and write them on tiny scrolls and then put them in a little leather box, a little satchel, and attach them to their hands, which would mean actions, and behaviors into their foreheads where you think and you consider. We're to bind the teachings of God into the lives of our kids, on their hands and on their foreheads. We're to teach them at home and also teach them in the community. You cannot live for God at home and live for yourself in the world, of school and of work. If you try to live a double life, your kids will see that and mark you as what? A hypocrite. Faster than you could possibly imagine. See, your kids are experts on you. Isn't that amazing? Sorry. I know that comes as a surprise for some of you that have raised your children. No, they are experts on you. They watch you. They examine your morals, your ethics, your language, your behavior. Don't think for one moment that, they, that you can fool them. Live at home for God and love at work for God. See, the only thing I want my kids to ever say about their dad is he was a man who loved God. He was a man who instilled principles into their lives. Life is short. Life is but a vapor. And I even realize that even with our kids, man, it goes by so quick, doesn't it? For some of you that have raised children, and for those that are here, you know, it seems like yesterday we went down and seen Brody in an incubator. There he was in the hospital, and today they have Dylan, and bam, like that, Brody's running around skinning up his knee before he walks into church. That's a good thing. You know, those are exciting moments in a child's life. You know, who would ever think that a little preemie, little guy man, I knew he was going to be strong-willed. He is going to give you guys a run for your money because he's always giving you a run for your life now. And uh, because I see him, he has so much energy, it's amazing. And little boys are different than little girls. You know, I I didn't have any sons, but I noticed just the difference, you know, being a youth pastor and being involved in in the lives of my own kids' lives, where little girls, see, they sleep during messages. And uh, they're just so calm. Some of you are going, not my daughter, you wouldn't believe how she was. Just remember, your kids are always watching what you do and how you do it. Be very careful. Let them see Christ in you. Have that relationship. When was the last time they actually witnessed you praying? When was the last time they actually witnessed you? Have you brought them to church? Man, get out of your comfort zone. Tell them, I don't care if they're adult children, come to church with me. Sit in a pew with me. What greater gift could you give one but the love of Christ and the love of God? That's what it's about. So now I'm going to make a little bit more personal on on the community part of it because we as a church really need to think about this. So I started thinking about it. Two things we can do for our kids here at New Hope. One, pray for our children. See, Pray for our children. The majority of people come to receive Christ as their Lord and Savior before the age of 18. Do you understand that most children, and if you go back through Scripture, most people that God used were young adults. How old was Mary? How old was David? I mean, let's be real. You know why? Because He knows at that time they have this teachable spirit. And so if we do our part, then they can build the kingdom of heaven and we have a great responsibility in their life. So now I'm going to ask you a question. When was the last time that you prayed for a kids program here at New Hope? When was the last time you volunteered for the kids program here at New Hope? When was the last time that you stopped and said, God, I see my child laying in this crib. And God, I ask for your protection, your anointing. Lord, I pray that someday that my daughter... Will, will make an impact, that, that she will become a leader in her community, that my son will become the next pastor, that he will be able to see souls saved and lives changed. Do we do that? Or maybe this, that he will become the greatest doctor or greatest engineer, and that he will have an impact. Or, or how about this, maybe he'll become the greatest janitor. And so that everybody that comes around him, that he can touch their life by his example. Are we praying for our children? Do we care enough for our family members? You know, we've been planning for VBS, and we're doing a big blowout here. It's going to be – we've never done it before. It's going to be a one-day vacation Bible school family fun day. So they'll drop their kids off in the morning, 9 o'clock, pick them up at 3 o'clock. Sunday, we'll have our big, huge hoopla here. We've done it normally during the week. But uh, here at our new property, and uh, speaking of our new property, you guys like the driveway? you have a nice nice ride in here? Praise the Lord. It's always nice to have a smooth ride versus a bumpy one. Amen. So uh, it was great for me just to be able to come over here and watch the progression of, you know, what they did. And so, um, you know, but again, because people care about this community, they invest in this community, they invest in your family and your kids and your loved ones that are here today. And uh, if you guys, I know for some of you family members, we're at our old property on Riverside Drive. Want to welcome you here to Talmage, but we are we're just blessed. But I know that you know it takes a community to raise a child. You know, some of you have really poured into my kids' lives and loved them, and you've been so faithful and consistent and present and steady. That means a lot to me, because they need to know that people do care for them. The church isn't just a place to go. It's a place to build community and families. Number two, we need to provide for ministry to children. We need to provide a ministry for children. Provide an atmosphere of unconditional love where they know that they can come to, you know, for years I was a youth pastor and, you know, your children are going to go from one place to the next and you'll see them in the kids program and then the youth program. And again, Don't make the church the responsibility of raising your child in the ways of the Lord. You are their example. It is your responsibility that God entrusted you with. He says in Proverbs, train up a child in the way they should go. When they're old, they won't depart from it. Raise that child up. Invest in that baby. It takes work. I'm telling you. It takes a lot of work. But it's worth it in the end. When you have a daughter who who works at Camp Carl and who's in charge of being the activities director there and who's loved it for the last six years, seven years. And, uh, and Megan's there this year, and our boyfriend Travis is there. They're pouring back into your kids' lives. That's what it's about. I mean, it takes work. I was glad that they go. It makes it nice for our house during the week. Just kidding. We need to provide an atmosphere of unconditional love. So how do you do that? You're intentional. Time, effort, pouring into them. It never stops. And I know that that sometimes you feel this way, and I know for some of you are like, oh, this is such a sweet, it's another little baby dedication sermon. But I wanted to kind of turn it today because we always make that covenant, and I wanted to stop and say, church, if we don't embrace families, we don't have a church of tomorrow. You have to continue to keep embracing families. It's so important. Yes, people will say, oh, the church is a revolving door. Yes, it is. But what can we do as a community to keep people coming and to keep them engaged and let them know how important it is to see young adult ladies, young adult men, you know, coming back to church, making church just not a place to come to but a place to be a part of. That's the community. I love walking around this property. Never had 10 acres before. We had three parcels over there. I enjoyed sometimes going out on that hot asphalt. That was real enjoyable. <laughs> Seeing my neighbors fight across the street, that was real enjoyable. You know, they were just a thrown stow right across the sidewalk. Having the cops come and people getting arrested, that was real entertaining. Here we get things like a squished frog out there underneath the Davenport yesterday that I picked up and had to move. Pastor Lou picks up a snake that, as he was mowing... He took him to safe environment in the woods. We see all kinds of things around here from deer to groundhogs that are tearing up the foundation of this building. See, there's just different things in different places. We had little rodents over there called mice. We have big rodents called groundhogs and possum and coyotes. One, one night we were out here working and there was coyotes just a, hooting and a hollering and having a good old time tearing up somebody's chicken coop, I guess. I don't know. But that's the difference being in the city versus the country, right? That's the fun and excitement, but I do know this, that with all that being said, we should come to a place where we love people, love community, and love pouring into their lives. You know, this month I've been doing a message on Dare to be Different. How can we be different? How are you going to be different? How are you going to leave an imprint in the life of a child or in the life of a student? How many of you are teachers that are in this room that pour back and give? So I just want to encourage you today that as the church, we need to... Pray for our children, provide a ministry for the children. And as parents, I just want you to know that you need to be there to spend quality time and to be present in their life. You know, there's nothing sweeter than in the middle of the night when they come to wake you up and then they vomit all over you. Those are the great things that you get to look forward to. I just want you to know those are great memories that I'll always hold dear to my heart when it goes all over me, all over the floor. And I try those those little things like, do it right here. My wife, she runs in the other room gagging as I'm trying to catch everything because guess who's going to have to clean it up? Me. So those are those little things. So I just want you to know that – But yeah, and uh, so she can't even think about it. See what I mean? It's all those things. Remember when, when you bring the babies home and the first time they decide to eat and then they go all over themselves from here to here? Those are those, are those great memories that, that all of us get to have, and those are called rites of passage. That I'll never forget as long as I live. And uh, until the grandbabies come, right? But so you have all those things. So here's my final thought as I close. Our children are precious. We have to understand that we've been given. They have been given to us in their young age. A window of opportunity to, to affect and to influence them to become lovers and followers of Jesus. Oh. I wanted so badly to see my girls maybe reach the stars and reach, go for whatever they want to go for in life. But all I wanted, my number one goal, was that they would be lovers of Jesus. That's it. Nothing else mattered to me because everything else falls into place. They don't have to get a job. I just told them, I said, those boys right there better take care of them. Thank you, I always have ways to incorporate things I need to say in a message. Amen? Come on. And look, all the dads are like, yeah. And uh so the question is, will you pray and will you provide? Knowing that the children of new hope are put into our care for a very short for a very few and short years. Will you commit to praying and providing for them and to help to instill in their lives, you know, for for many years? I always loved when the kids would come down to my office or my wife's office and You know, we always had this candy dish or a bag, and she'd hand out Hershey Kisses to them. And, you know, and now we're in this building, and we want to still keep that same legacy going because I've even had adult children come back and say, man, this is cool. You know, I remember this, and I remember that. And, you know, what we're doing is we're pouring into children's lives. We're providing for them. So when you feel like you don't have a part, your part is huge. It really is. Even for family members that are here today to support Harper. Your part is huge. Man, you don't realize it as grandparents back there and and just what you do. I see on Facebook what takes place, and that's the things that we get to rejoice in. But pray even for our community that will help to advance your family members. That's so important. So I'm going to ask you to stand if you would, please. And to respond with a simple yes to each question. Now listen, I'm going to have you respond to a simple yes to each question as I ask them just now. And I'll say them individually. But I ask you to simply quietly say yes as a personal commitment. You don't have to say it out loud. You can just say it to yourself. But I want you to really think about these questions. I will not stop and wait for a response. You simply say yes when you agree. And you don't have to worry about... Speaking in unison as a single voice or being heard by another, this is between you and God. A promise to do your best and to pray and provide for these children. So today, church, I ask you a question in families. Will you lift these children up along with their parents in prayer on a regular basis? Will you, whenever you think of them by name or see their face, remember to say a word or two to God and ask, his blessing. Will you when you hear of illness or tragedy ask for the intervention of God in their affairs? And when tragedy strikes them or their parents, will you fall to your knees and ask for the parent, for the spirit's comfort on their behalf? And I ask you this. Will you support the ministries of this church as we provide What is needed to teach God's word? Will you do whatever you can, whenever you can, with all of your abilities and all your strength to see that these children learn that God loves them and that Jesus is their friend who giving his life has made a way home for all? I hope you could say yes to all these things because it takes all of us to raise a child. The old phrase was, when I was growing up, it takes a whole community to raise a child. But I will tell you, there were some people in my community that I'm glad I did not have their influence in my life. But I hope they can say that in that church those people cared for my child and they cared for my loved one and that as we go through these journeys that we do this together so I celebrate with the Craig's with the Sissons to say congratulations and what a responsibility you folks have don't forget it and when they're raised don't forget your responsibility still in christ so let's close with a prayer asking god's blessings on all of us father god we love you we thank you for these little people we thank you for our responsibility we thank you god that we can even as the scripture says in deuteronomy write the prayer on the front let's our hands, of our brow. Understand the importance of what involvement means. Father, I pray for all of us to just stop and remember what quality time is about. We don't have to be a macho man hero to feel like our son or our daughter thinks that that we can move mountains, what we want them to see is that we want them to see Jesus Christ in and through our lives. For you're the one that moves mountains. So God, help us as parents, grandparents, friends and family, and as a congregation, to give back and to provide and to love and to pour in the lives of these families. Father, we love you, and we thank you for the great privilege, pleasure, and honor of helping to raise these children in your way. In your holy name we pray.